All right, so uh, last week we uh, talked on a, on a subject, and I told you that it's not a subject that we, we send to get a lot from the pulpit because it shows Jesus in a different light that sometimes we don't want to, to represent. And we want, like to put Jesus in a certain box and we like to see him portrayed a, a certain way. So instead of shying away from it, we're going to talk about it some more. And um, just for a refresher course, that came from Mark 11, uh, verse 15. And we'll look at that again today. And when they came to Jerusalem, Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them out, the sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he is taught, saying for them, It is written, My house shall be called for all nations a house of prayer, but they have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard of it, and sought how they might destroy him, and how they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, they went out into the city. So we looked at, last week, we looked at, at Jesus, him doing these things, and we, we talked about how he had the authority to be able to, to do this. That it is his father's house. It is a house of prayer. And that what we wanted to further look at today is, is the fact is that he took a stand. He didn't simply let the sin continue that he stood up and he did something about it. Now, I've been thinking about this message all this week and I keep cautioning myself. Because when we talk about such things, it would be very easy for you to get the, the wrong idea. For many of us know that we like to, to judge, we like to point out the flaws in other, and we like to, to bring that to the surface. And this is very different than that. You know, the Lord warns us to, to be careful what we do, to not worry about the the stick that's in someone else's eye because we have something much bigger than ours. That our problems can be much more than someone else's are, but yet we want to point out someone else's. The Lord tells us not to judge. But there are things we should do we shouldn't be tolerant of. We just have to understand the difference between being judgy and standing up for God. And that's what we need to, to look at today. You know, we tend to get an idea and an image in our head about how things should be. We talked about that a little bit last week. You know, we see Jesus in a certain way. So we take this one passage where he's, he's doing these things. He's doing these, you know, being very masculine. He's standing up and he's being forceful with these people, both in the physical sense and in the verbal sense. And he's, as always, quoting scripture to back it up, and he's justifying his actions. But it's, it's very different from the, the loving and healing Jesus that we want to portray so much. Jesus is a well-rounded person, and this is another side, and he is teaching us something. This scripture is here for purpose. We are to learn from it and to grow from it. 
So another thing I do is besides this is we take and build a, a product. We start from raw materials and we make a product, me and my wife do. And most of the time people respond in, in one of, of three ways is that the majority is very excited to get it. They, they sing praises about it. They just love everything about it. They share it. They brag about it. It's just, it's a big ordeal. And then sometimes you have some people that are, are very hard to please. That no matter what you do, no matter what it is, it's, they're always wanting something a little bit more or something can be a little bit, you know, they can nitpick about this or that and the other. And now that's a very a small percentage, but yet it's something that you would do encounter. And you seem to always, always this type of person seems to come forward. Whenever there's something wrong, you know about it. And granted, any time that you do something, there can be human error. There can be a, a defect in the materials. You know, things happen. And then you have to, to make it right, of course. And then sometimes someone just picks up their product and you really don't hear anything from them. There's no... No comment one way or the other. And this always concerns my wife because she's like, you know, why is it they're, they're, they're not saying anything? And I was explaining to her that, well, it's because there's a certain expectation. If you order a product from a reputable company, you expect it to be a certain way. And as long as it meets your expectations... There's, there's no surprise in it. You expected it to be a certain way. It's meet your expectations. So you have no need to, to celebrate this victory because it's the way how it's supposed to be. You know, it, we, we do this with a, a lot of different things. When you open up a, a can of green beans, for example, as long as you've bought it from the store, it's within date. You expect it to be a eatable product. You expect it to be in its own juices. You expect it to be a nice color of green that you expect it to be. You expect it to be fresh. You expect it to taste a certain way. And when it does, you're not surprised. You don't sing its praises. You just consume it. You expect it to be that way. But if you was to take that same can of green beans and you open it up and it's full of mold or it's discolored or it smells funny, then this would be a reason to be alarmed. And it's in these instances when you might want to take action. You might would want to take it back to the store to get a refund or exchange or do a review. Most people are prone to do a review not when they receive what they want, not when it meets their expectations, but when it either goes above and beyond their expectations or more commonly when it does not meet their expectations. That's how we think. That's how the, the human mind works. And that's one of the points I'm trying to make today when we look at this because we see Jesus in a certain way. But Jesus was much, much more. 
He is much, much more. He was on earth everything that we are. He had to face everything that we did. And we have to look how he reacts in each and every situation. Look at his mannerisms, look at his tone, look at his words. He is setting forth an example for us. And my example here, you know, that's what I was explaining to my wife is that that people have these expectations. Now, as a pastor, people have expectations. They expect you to look a certain way. They expect you to talk a certain way, act a certain way, to teach a certain way. And I have been critiqued in every way across the board. You are more likely on any given time to have someone speak their opinion, their problem with how you do something than to ever sing your praises. And when they do, it's more of an informal and a just in passing than any actual real enjoyment. Because we expect things to be a certain way. When we're talking about the Word of God, and it affects people differently, especially when we start getting into the, the real crust of the situation, and we're starting to feel that conviction, and we feel that condemnation, and we bring all of our worldly views in. Remember we talked about how we come in with our minds made up. And then they start talking about, wait, well that's not the way I think. That's not the way I do things, but that's what God says. And we're talking about God's truth. And God's truth don't line up with the way your worldly thought process goes. Well, we got to throw the blame somewhere because certainly we... As people can't be to blame, right? And we want to mold the world around us to fit our view instead of us molding ourselves to fit God's view. When we are, are standing up to, to sin... This is not a, a, a one-on-one situation here. We were looking at what Jesus was doing here. He was taking on a, a group. He was taking on a, a system. Because not only was it the, the individuals that was down selling these doves and exchanging the money and, and taking advantage of the situation here, there was also the the chief priests, the Pharisees, all these people that were above them that was all as a, as a unit. It wasn't a one-on-one situation. He wasn't targeting people. He was targeting a situation. He was targeting the sin. He was targeting the misuse of his father's house. And that's the kind of things that we 
can do. Now again, I have to warn you with caution because over the course of history, many people have done many despicable things in the name of the Lord. Now we can put whatever kind of title we want to to it. We can put whatever we think the cause is on it. And we can put God's name on it. And just because we do these things does not justify our actions. We can watch our our politicians that will get up and, of course, we do not know their hearts, but we do know their fruits. We do know what issues that they deem important. We do know what things they try to push upon us. And we can go back and we can filter that through the Word of God and say, that's not of God, that's not of God, that's not of God. And see, we have to come to the conclusion that when people's fruits are producing ungodly works, ungodly acts, and ungodly idealistic systems that they are worshiping idols and trying to become them themselves, we have to conclude that they're not of a godly heart. But yet, in their, their speeches, when they're trying to pull you in, they will throw out God's name. They will try to take something from the Word and twist it and cut it and neuter it to make it fit into what they are trying to sell you. And it is our job to call that out. See, in today's world, they're trying to tell us that if we are not sympathetic to the the feelings of others, if we do not go along with these new ideas that people keep coming up with, that we are the bad guys, that we are wrong, that we are intolerant. And that is not the example of what God is teaching us today. Imagine this taking place today. And it does in so many different ways. Many of our churches is simply a theater. It's entertainment. You look at some of the the services and we see big flashing lights. We see huge screens, live bands. It's a production. And the Word of God gets buried, lost, and sugar-coated. Because the purpose becomes not to speak the truth, but to entertain. To fill the seats 
to fill the offering plate, to pad the numbers. We got to make sure that we don't offend anybody. We got to make sure we're relatable to each and every person that's out there. We have to dance around the symptoms, the topics that are sensitive. We don't want to condemn. We don't want to convict. We want to please. But the thing is, we can't get into the Word of God. We can't speak God's truth without getting uncomfortable. And that goes for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us has parts of this Word that we struggle with. For some of us, it doesn't make sense. For some of us, it's hard to accomplish. We all have our struggles. I stand up here each and every week and I speak to all of y'all. And there's times that I become aggravated. Because even in my own life, that things are not the way I feel they should be. We face challenges and difficulties. And here I am teaching, but yet it seems like I still don't have all the answers. And sometimes God is silent when you're wanting Him to speak. But then sometimes he's spilling so much at you, it's hard to get it all down. It's hard to digest it. And in these times, we have to realize that it's not him, it's us. That we don't have the capability. And he knows things that we don't know. And he's keeping stuff from us for reason and he's waiting to reveal things for his reason and he has reason and purpose and it's all for our benefit. And that, my friends, is where faith comes in. What would we do today? It would be Unreasonable, we would think, for us to take such action. That we were be hurting the livelihood of these people. So many people think that they're justified in their actions, no matter what it is, to be able to make that dollar. We go back to a system of the cursed earth where we're trying to to gather and to get as much as we can because we feel like we won't ever have enough. And the problem is that we're trying to do it on our own instead of coming from the source. You know, that's the thing. If these, these den of thieves, as Jesus says, his words, imagine how much better, how much more 
prosperous they could have been if they would seek God in prayer. If they took the money used to to buy up their doves and to give that as an offering, to sow it into the kingdom. And not only the difference for them, but the difference of everyone coming in and how they were influencing everyone that walked through the doors. You know, it's not just us. See, we're supposed to be an example. Everyone says that I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. Well, there's a problem with that because for many of us, it's just words. We never put it into action. And then when we do, we want to pick and choose what parts we want to be like. And to further make it difficult, when we do, we only want to be able to execute it at certain times. See, we never want to be this savage Jesus here that goes in and and flipped over the tables because that might offend somebody. That might be uncomfortable. And I'm not really sure anymore what pieces that we're picking and choosing because our churches keep getting emptier and emptier and everything that we do now in the name of religion is offensive to somebody. So what are we doing? How are we being like Jesus? People are quick to point out your individual problems that they, they see. Well, you don't dress right. You don't look right. You don't act right. I've been told that before. Would you teach this way because this is the way that I prefer it? Well, that's a problem because that's not the way that God prefers it. And we don't tailor to one person. It's not your job to judge. So many people walk in the church and walk right back out never to return because of the way they are treated. You know, we don't know how to do things in the beginning. Everything that we do, we have to, to learn and we have to start somewhere. For many of us, we never grew up knowing the Lord. So how is it that as you come into adulthood and you're wanting to seek him out for yourself and you're met with opposition because someone portrays that you don't look or act the part, you are different than them. We have to give them 
an opportunity to be able to experience and let God touch them in a very special way. To let God work on their hearts. And this is going to be a a segue into next week. And we're going to talk about how we need to have more of Him and a whole lot less of us. We want to inject us into everything that we do. We talked about, about Satan. He comes up quite often around here because he is the enemy. And the best way to defeat an enemy is to know everything that you can know about that enemy so you can know his tactics and know what he's going to do. Well, see, all these things, you know, we talk about as we go on, we talk about why we do things, how this human body affects us and how it controls us and how it leads us to do these different things. So we need to know why we're doing stuff to be able to be able to put a change to it. You know, and that's one of our biggest problems is that we're all the time pointing the finger at others and we're telling them that you need to do this and don't do this and act this way but not this way and wear this but not that. And we have all these rules that we have put together but yet we have nothing backing it. Because even when we turn to the Word, we've picked and choosed what we've already went into with our minds made up, and we use our, our book of second opinions that's been manipulated, and some of the stuff's not even in the Word, but we think it is because it looked good on Facebook posting and, and these sort of things, and we drive that out. And here we are, we're doing things on our own, That's just as bad, just as worse. We're not better than anyone else. And so many times we want to portray that. And Satan knows that. So he pumps you up. He pumps you up and tells you all these things about how much you're better and how much you should do this and how bad someone else is. And he uses all of our human weaknesses against us. So we go out into the world and we spread it. But as a group, and then we see people that's, that's trying to, to make a, a stand. Celebrities will, will get up and there was one this past week that she made an announcement that she was getting rid of a certain product that she had because she didn't like the person that was in charge of producing this product. And for the same, for the reasons that she gave and she went to a different line of product. What she didn't realize is that she didn't do her research, but somebody quickly pointed out for her that the product that she decided to back was actually produced and founded by someone that 
not perceive to act the way she says, but actually, factually, in history, with proof, act and did the same things of the person that she was simply accusing of doing. This is not the kind of stuff that Jesus wants us to do. This is not what Jesus is doing here. So Jesus walked in with the red here. He said, it is not written. My house shall be called the nations, the house of prayer. See, he had his proof with him. He had his justification with him. And it's not simply made up. The Word of God is the only truth, the only facts, the only thing that we can filter anything from. We can't simply support every idea that pops up because they think a certain way if it goes against the Word of God. And that's where we come together. Do you know that if we all came together, if we all followed God and using Him as our filter, we could stand up and we could take out anyone that opposes the Word by our sheer numbers. We have a company that opposes God. Stop buying their products. We have a politician that opposes God. Vote them out of office. But the problem is that we don't want to come together. The world tells us to separate. And it's for this reason. Because we're powerful together. We can take down... And we can put a stop to these organizations that go against God. We can make him strong. But we have to to work together. And we have to go against the problem, not the person. We have to use biblical fact and not our personal opinion. We have to disregard our feelings and stay with the faith. 